Married to who or something? Podcast. Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and producer Terry. Guys, before we get started, we have a little... Uh, secret santa exchange with another podcast the neither the time nor the space podcast and i have received a package from them all right so we sent them a package as well they've received it they haven't opened it yet they're going to be doing a bunch of like short podcasts over the holidays so they can like release some bonus episodes over the next month and kind of take a break so that'll be included in one of those there are no breaks in the podcast life, boys. <laughs> so the first thing in this package is a lovely card with Matt's handwriting. I know it's Matt's because it's immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen his notes for his podcast. He has amazing handwriting. <laughs> so again, this is from Matt and David from the Mary or the uh, Neither the Time Nor the Space That's podcast. That's us. We're the Marrieds. Yeah, we're, we're the Marrieds. So it's a card and on the front are two daleks one blue one pink just kind of trundling along and the pink one is looking back at the blue one and saying oh put it away because he's got his laser and his plunger and then down below another little plunger (laughs) for his dick (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) and then matt writes married to who First and foremost, we hope you're having the most amazing holiday season. God knows we need it after the year we've had. Secondly, I wanted to say a massive thank you. In a year where it's been a struggle to see family and hang out with friends, your show has offered respite each week when I can listen to friends and family hanging out and genuinely laugh at the fun you're having. Never underestimate the good that your podcast has done for people this year. I can certainly vouch for that. Merry Christmas. Keep up the good work. You're good friends. Matt and, to a far lesser extent, David, neither the time nor the space. Okay, I have to pause because I listened to their episode this week with Jake doing the quiz game, whatever that's called, and I laughed so many times at their episode. I'm like, oh, there's no way that we're this funny because I like I don't laugh out loud at. I mean, I guess I do during the podcast, but glad to hear that they laugh at us too. <laughs> but I do always say about their podcast, it's like ours. In that one of them has never seen Doctor Who before and the other one has. Except that Matt is funny, whereas we are just trying to be funny. And David is thoughtful and smart, whereas I am just trying to be and failing. (laughs) True. We're the fakers. Yeah. We're we're all not real. (laughs) So we have some items in here. I'm going to take them out individually. There's four items. So I'm opening it up. And the first thing here is... A sonic screwdriver pizza cutter. Oh, shit. Yo. What? Oh, (laughs) I should say, so David and Matt, they said they're going to send us like some kitschy Doctor Who stuff that we can't really get here in America. And then we can send them nice things because Matt doesn't like Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty sweet. So it is really cool. It makes, makes sonic noises. Um, I think that should be going to Jill and Alex here. Yes. They are the pizza We were talking about getting a pizza cooker for the bar, so. Yeah, and I sent that Christmas idea to someone, so oh, that'll man. be perfect. Why did you send it to me? Uh, I can undo redo. <laughs> it's like the 20th. I, I have no idea what day it is. Okay, next thing here we've got, it's a book. It is oh, an origami Doctor Who book. That is also awesome. This feels perfect for Terry. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Can I do I, one, I wanna... Terry? Yeah. I have an origami book. I've been getting into back into it lately. Oh shit! 
I had no idea. Maybe you guys can switch. What kind of origami is it? Like, can you make it's, an origami TARDIS? So I'm flipping. I'm flipping through it. There's like all of the doctors in like folded or like piece of paper that you have to fold up to make a doctor. There's Daleks. What? There's all kinds of patterns in here. What do the Tardises different doctors and... look like in folded paper? That's crazy. So we're having a married to who um, origami party. I guess I pizza hear. origami. Just as soon as we all get the vaccine. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Well, till we all do. Well, Us plebes have to wait till like June. We don't you care about you guys You have to get the anymore. vaccine. Then you have to get. Then you have to wait a couple weeks. Then get another vaccine. Then you're actually not immune until two weeks after your second dose. It's true. Give us yeah. six-ish weeks. I've been immune the whole time. <laughs> it, it, it's I've a miracle. <laughs> it's a weird way to say asymptomatic. <laughs> We could have a socially distanced origami and pizza party. Webcams. <laughs> I can't have one. She says they're dirty. Oh. <laughs> Wait, that's the from pizzas? an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, is it? It's from your boy Wilf. I would have got that trivia question wrong. Saving the best for last year. The next thing I'm keeping for myself <laughs> is a novelization of the sixth doctor story the twin dilemma which was voted by doctor who magazine 50th anniversary poll as the worst episode of doctor who ever (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's a really good gift it seems like a (laughs) super jake thing (laughs) matt and david did it on their podcast they've done like one story from every doctor so far and i watched it on the train to seattle in March, the last time we all saw humans, and I actually thought it was pretty good. <laughs> so I've been talking with David or with Matt about how it's really not that bad. I don't know what everyone's freaked out about. You're a weird duck. That's why. You're just off there on your little that's island fair. floating around in Jake, Jake uh, Peninsula being different. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last thing here and the best thing. Let's go into Cody and Sam. It is a cookie cutter in the shape of Peter Capaldi's face. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's perfect. You can can start your cookie uh, glazing thing. So I follow this cookie decorating page on Facebook where all these professionals decorate cookies and like talk about it. Mm -hmm. I've never decorated a cookie like without just smearing stuff on it, but I know everything about decorating cookies that you could ever know. So <laughs> but I don't to understand Peter Capaldi cookies. I don't understand how that like frosting shit works. It's like a marker when they do it, but then if anyone else were to do it, it would just be a <laughs> mess. Well, yeah, it's all about the seconds in your royal icing, and also they do make markers. So if you want to do small details, you can get like edible markers, hmm. which sounds like I'm gonna have to get to make this face. Let's do it. Something, something, get good. (laughs) (laughs) So they totally nailed that gift. Way to go. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) amazing. Yes. Thank you, Secret Santa, whoever you were. Thank you. (laughs) We have no idea. No idea Um, how you found the time or the space. Oh, shit. It is now time for that which we are here for. (laughs) Welcome to the Married to Who podcast, where we talk about our life problems. Good luck cutting all of this, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's a one big drag from where we stopped talking about the gifts to right now. Four times. This whole whole, uh, podcast is one big drag. (laughs) Oh. This week we're here to talk about The Lie of the Land, written by Toby Whithouse, directed by Wayne Yip, aired June 3rd, 2017. Terry. Yes, Jake. What'd you think of this one? I found it fun to watch. Sorry, that was not enthusiastic at all. (laughs) He watched it. I watched it. (laughs) It was amazing. It was... I liked the story. It was a very fun uh, uh, counterpart to how the other episode ended and just seeing the reaction and how that all took out uh, most of humanity's free will and all of that so it was was really fun to watch like a dystopian rundown world and then uh, just to see 
how uh, Bill was able to push through this and change it all again. I don't know if Terry and I watched the same episode because he said fun a whole bunch of times. <laughs> well, Jill, what'd you think? <laughs> this isn't a fun episode. The heck, Terry. But it was very good. Um, on the first watch through, I don't know that I really liked it, but I did watch it again since we're recording a day later. And I did really like it on the second watch through. Cody. Jake. Yo. This this episode, the only way I can describe it is a, a picture, if you will, a game of baseball. Okay. Hold on. Eyes are closed. Okay, perfect. All the are bases we are loaded. Like Sandlot or pro? We're, we're talking. Well, we're talking pro. Okay. Okay. Bases are loaded. Crowd cheering, filling the stadium. Top ranking batter steps up to the plate. Peter Capaldi will say, bat in hand, <laughs> smashes that first pitch. You see that ball going like it's gonna go out of the stadium, all the way to the back. Everybody's running. <laughs> Damn near everybody's home. Motherfucker in the back catches the ball, and then they individually get everybody out on all the bases. Game's over. (laughs) Capaldi's team loses. This episode was fantastic up until the ending, which dropped the ball so goddamn hard. I was so disappointed. It turned into a pile of shit, and it got into really lazy writing and poor acting which I don't quite understand. It just kind of seemed like Capaldi was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but I'm just going to do my best. And it sucked. All right. So I think that's the podcast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Sam. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was fun to watch and a fun little chase around. Alex. Yeah, it's, uh, I th- I liked it for the end of the story that we've been on. Um, but it was it was cool at parts, but then there were some like wonky parts too. So I I get it, but I don't know. There, there's some good. There's some bad. I would say like a little bit better than middle of the road for me. Well, Jake, what'd you think? Uh, I'm gonna reserve most of my thoughts for later. Okay, I don't want to influence conversation or just blow my whole load right now so i'm just gonna say of the monks trilogy it's my favorite it's not really hard to beat the second one for sure and the first one doesn't have a lot of flesh so i could certainly agree with that none of the monks have flesh yeah like the first one (laughs) is a really good idea and the last like 15 minutes are dope but you know the first the first 30 minutes kind of drag on all right, start doing stuff. Uh, so the doctor can control regenerative energy and just shoot oh, it yeah. out at will. It's kind of wild. That's pretty cool. We Why doesn't he do the, the doctor who hyper beam on all of his enemies? Well, it didn't actually do anything, though. This was just for show. Yeah, it could yeah. have just been a trick of, like, it maybe wasn't actually regeneration energy. Also, fuck the writer for playing with me like that. <laughs> that was such an extraordinary scene and i was like oh my god like oh yeah th- this is huge everyone. this is big this is the the biggest drama i've ever seen in doctor who and the writer's like bitch please i had already seen it so cody and i were watching it on the couch together and i just stared at him the whole time for this uh scene because i was so excited to see his face and like he didn't make like a super excited face or a sad face with the regeneration like no emotional showing of anything and then it was a fake out and then he just got angry in his face (laughs) so you just thought that was this is it here comes jody yeah well yeah alex was watching me the whole time so i knew like part of me (laughs) knew that reason well, I was that watching was you because you were like on your phone. So I wanted to make sure you were like watching because there was a lot of visual things. There wasn't like it wasn't dialogue. He's and like, so I wanted you to like make sure you see it. <laughs> he's like, do you see this? I'm like, yep. He's like, he's it's it's regeneration. I'm like, uh-huh. As he's saying, it's my regeneration hand or <laughs> something. Didn't stupid. give a shit. <laughs> well, it's it also be. like it's also like the most. I, I'm not going to say the most well acted scene. I'm going to say the most acted scene. So it is it is kind of an important scene to watch, regardless of the regeneration fake out, which was really just in there for the trailer. For the, the season trailer. Yeah. 
clever. Mm, I just wanted Capaldi sense. to uh, stop the regeneration energy and then just like literally say lol <laughs> and then walk <laughs> off the camera. Uh, the, did the intro to everybody, like everything up to that point, seem like just strange? It, it didn't. I don't feel like the last episode transitioned well into all of mankind's history was changed. Eventually you get it and it was fine. But I was so confused for the first 15 minutes of the episode. Oh, I don't know. I got it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the point. Like, you're supposed to think, what the fuck is going on until the fake regeneration and the doctor revealing what's going on. Right. And, oh, God, the drama. I was so mad when the doctor was like, of course I've joined them and was constantly reaffirming that multiple times through, like... uh, all of Bill's like desperate pleas to be like, this is just a trick, right? Like they're watching you and you can't tell me. And the doctor was just refuting everything. It was nice. Well, like, and the point when she did the coded message and then he calls her out on it and just the, like, I want to say Pearl Mackie in this scene was amazing. Her absolutely. monologue yeah. was amazing. Her face when she like is realizing that the doctor joined them or thinks that he joined them, like just so broken and hurt and oh man. And then all of that leading up to her decision to just shoot the doctor. Oh, like it <laughs> so wasn't good. even like completing like, or anything like that. It was like, you're done. Like you've betrayed the world. Like I'm, I need to stop you. And just that when I saw her like pulling the trigger, I was like, holy shit. Like she has snapped. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which that decision in itself is amazing because she knows how good the doctor is and if he is truly helping the monks humanity's best chance is to kill the doctor like that's it's it's just crazy it's a little bit weird though um so this time like when she wants or when she's going to kill him and then at the end when she's going to kill herself how easily she'll just jump to death it's a little concerning (laughs) Well, you pointed out, um, not last week, but two weeks ago, because that's where I'm at with the editing, that she's died quite a few times in this season already. Yeah. Yeah, she has. But I I do like the, um, (laughs) when she does find out that everyone has been on this whole joke, not joke, sorry, this facade of him being a part of it, and her, (laughs) I'm just going, oh my God, I'm going to beat you. And she's like going after Nardle. <laughs> yeah. So funny. <laughs> well, she just thought, I'm going to beat the sh and then gets uh, stopped. But she, yeah, she's about to say, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah, we absolutely call him Nardy now. Nardy. Yeah. <laughs> Nard bro. And I think this is a good time to announce that in honor of Matt Lucas, Cody and Jill are naming their second child Nardy. Cody and Jill, oh. we're having a kid. Which one is? <laughs> on, you guys, you guys all look the same to me. Married to who? <laughs> Married to everybody in the podcast, I guess. Married to swingers. <laughs> that was all an attempt to steal a joke from either the time or the space because they've been they've been doing that about David's kid for years. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a good one. Uh, let's talk about the beginning a bit nah. uh, before we get to the doctor's reveal. Just the uh, the cold open of like the doctor doing this propaganda video over this dystopian scene that we're getting bits and pieces of. Like we see a family sitting at home, but they're all wearing jumpsuits. We see like garbage piling up in the streets around bins and not b- being picked up, you know, paper and garbage in the streets. Uh, it's clearly, you know, it's gloomy and just shitty outside. Everyone's, like, keeping their head down and not meeting each other's gaze. This is clearly a world uh, where something horrible is going on. I really like the direction on it. Like you said, everything is just gray scale, gray-blue scale. And even all the clothing are all just, like, they look like jumpsuits. Maybe they're not, but... They're all just the same color. like Yeah, and it's all oh. bulky, so there's no uh, defined shape to anyone. Yeah. So you all look very uh, same 
person same body type and there's like no crazy hair there's no bold color so it's like costume wise it's beautiful to see that everyone's personality and individuality has been drained from them and you're all essentially just cattle or numbers and the only ones that have color are your monks and then your guards that follow the monks which are a muted red uh but they're like the oppressing color then that's there and that was for me very fun to watch we even see some other fun signs are like bill has two pictures of the monks like in her house and bill's hair is super cool yes when did bill's hair is super cool when did bill first ask the monks for help do you mean how long has it been how long has it been six months oh that's right <laughs> nardal being dead for six weeks is what threw me on the six month thing nardal was dead no, Isn't I think it was because he said? was in recovery for his yeah. lungs during the he six weeks, up. and then he was just out, but apparently he was most likely with the doctor for that time period. That would be my guess, since the doctor wasn't actually working with the monks. Yeah, he might have been, because he was apparently in on the plan. But also, they, they're they both dicks, because they did that whole thing to find out if Bill was like, fighting it or if she was brainwashed but if they had just put her in the TARDIS or landed the TARDIS around her like obviously if she was in the TARDIS she would have been safe and it probably would have even blocked the brainwashing thing and they could have just got on with it but no she had to suffer for six fucking months all by herself I was just I just realized now that we didn't see the TARDIS once in this episode yeah not at all. Yeah. So maybe. The... Oh, did you say fun facts? Oh, I was gonna say maybe, maybe the maybe the monks had the TARDIS, and that's why the doctor was trying to play nice in front of them, like working behind their back instead of outward outwardly. Well, defining Nardal them. Nardal had the TARDIS. He was in it when he got sick. Right. So wherever it is, it's his doing. Hmm. Since we're talking about it, there are 11 stories in which the TARDIS does not appear at all. Uh, It looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven classic stories. Do, can any of you name the episode we've already seen where the doc, or where the TARDIS does not show up? Is this a trivial pursuit question? That, uh, that, the one episode with Donna where she, it's choose. Nope, she goes in the TARDIS. They they're plugged into it, so she can go in back in time. Hmm. Rosen unit habit, but it is from Donna's season. We talked hmm. about it in that episode too. I don't think there will be a way to remember no. anything from Donna's season. Well, the one <laughs> you just mentioned, turn left. That's the Doctor Light episode. Do you remember what the Donna Light episode was? I should. Was it the one where they were doing the <laughs> repeat back in the weird alien spaceship? Yes, it was. Oh yeah. So uh, that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone remember what it's called? The repeat back. Where everything uh, Tenant said the like the the lady that was a passenger oh. in the... oh midnight midnight yeah 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 sandwich yeah. wait what i get half a point <laughs> what <laughs> and there will be two more episodes with no tardis one in each of the next two series that we'll be watching Ooh. spoopy back to your regularly scheduled bullshit uh, I just wanted to say, too, with that uh, cold open with the doctor doing that uh, televised uh, talk for everyone, I love how he ended his whole speech of saying your future is taken care of. But he did like the chin down, look at the camera, smile like he looked like the clown. It he was menacing. Yeah. yeah, he was so creepy looking. And I love that when people are able to contort their faces to catch light oddly and terrifyingly like he looked evil which made that whole idea that he did help the monks like all that more real feeling like i i loved it so much between that scene and then the scene where they're like they're um taking the ship yeah 
I was just gonna say his like, face was amazing. His his yeah. laugh. Which face is creepier? <laughs> I think the laughing face is creepier because the way it happened, it started low and just went up like the Joker. It's so it was so <laughs> it creepy. Was crazy. And then I watched the rest of the episode to be like, does he always laugh like that? No. He did a little bit when he was talking to Missy, but it's not. It wasn't quite as significant. But I think the ship face is creepier for sure. Also, the doctor's jacket on the ship was dope. I don't notice jackets. Not anymore. Not after like it was. It was like frayed and distressed. Yeah. So it was. It was like a gray suit, but it was distressed. All the seams were white. Yeah, Ooh. it was like he was, um, like just at sea. Like it, it was how I would imagine, like a captain's jacket at sea was, would be. Yeah. Was he a salty doctor? Yeah. So it should be that like he's been trapped in this room for six months and that's why his shit's all janky. But we've already seen him wear this distressed jacket before and I wonder if it was a mistake. Because mm. in Extremis, when he's like sitting on the floor up against the vault and he's like watching the email from the doctor in his glasses, oh. he's wearing that suit that's all, and it's all distressed and frayed. Oh, maybe that's continuity then to like let us know that we're not in like a simulation anymore. Um, I loved the uh, opening of the vault and seeing Missy. Uh, I just loved her disheveled and not well put together look and that she just played a game of hot and cold with the doctor the whole time. That was really fun and childish like Missy. I like the idea of the doctor just not knowing the answer. And Missy having encountered them before and being part of the solution. I thought that was really neat. I would have liked to know more about when she encountered them. Like a little backstory. I think the way she explained it. Well, no, Jill. Not so much like the way she explained it, but the realization (coughs) was really kind of neat. As they were breaking down, like, how she destroyed them. And eventually she's like, yeah, I found the last one of the lineage and I pushed her into a volcano. Like, damn. Volcano. so evil. We also got another good. Yes. Good. I wrote down Scottish mockery. She she did Scottish mockery a couple of times in this scene. Very much so. Every single... Things she says and every single, like, physical movement she makes is the best part of this episode. It's really good. Favorite line? Awkward. Oh, my God. That was an audible, (laughs) audible laugh on that one. When she hit the piano, too. Awkward. (laughs) But it's great because she's, she is trying to help. Like, she is doing this rehabilitation and taking it seriously. But she's not altering her character. Like, she still is the Missy that we know. And so she thinks she's helping and doing it in the way that she knows how to help, which is being like, oh, sweet, we know who it is. Let's go fucking kill him. Everyone's saved. Happy ending. And doesn't get that, like, oh, no, killing the person is not okay. Right. God, that character's so good. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Go- Gomez, what's her first name? Michelle? Michelle fucking Gomez. Michelle Don't you fucking get it. The way she delivers it is just next level as well. There's she posted on her social medias a like video yesterday, I think, where she's walking down the street and her friend has her phone out and is like recording her. And someone's driving by and sees them doing this and like honks or cat calls or something. And she just looks at him and goes, Yeah. I'm Michelle fucking Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's awesome. Whenever somebody honks at me out out in the real world now, I'm going to I'm going to holler that out the window. <laughs> that you're Michelle Gomez? Yep. Michelle fucking Michelle Gomez. Michelle fucking Gomez. Oh my god. Can so, she please come to one of those uh GalaxyCon things? Yeah, she's done some. That'd be great. Well, not GalaxyCon. She's done other ones. But uh she's on like tonight, flight attendant on HBO just had its uh, finale, and she's like a villain in it. And I want to watch it just because of her. And I hear it's good, but I watched like the first fifteen minutes of the first episode, and I could not give less of a shit about anything that was happening. <laughs> That's not good. 
So it's Kaylee Cuoco is like a flight attendant who just like lands in some city, gets drunk, fucks some dude, goes back home, does it all over again. And so she's like in Shanghai or something and she gets drunk and fucks this dude and then wakes up in the morning and he's like had his throat slit. There's blood everywhere. And she's like in the middle of something. I have no idea. That's where I stopped watching. Huh. Drama. That, that Yeah, that's the natural place to stop, I think. I really appreciated Nardal, and I really want to know where more of his uh, limbs are from. <laughs> Mainly just from like the whole uh, neck pinch he did on Alan, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm like a brown belt," and it's like, "It's great," but I can't do it with this hand. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so funny how he goes on about it. And that he won his good hand. Yeah, and it's like I want to know that, like. Where where's the rest of you, Nardal? Where did you come from? <laughs> Call him by his correct name, Terry. Nardi. 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 Yes, we're friends Sorry. now. Nard, Sorry. bro. It's me, Nardi. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> My favorite line, since we're doing those, is I once built a gun out of leaves. Do you think I couldn't get through a door if I wanted to? <laughs> yes. Right. What does that even mean? She did it. That's just she, some writing she did nonsense. What? Super yeah. smart. But it's also some missy nonsense. So she's saying, like, I could leave this vault anytime I wanted to. I'm doing what you want. Like, I'm doing my rehab. Yeah. I will sit in here for a thousand years. Just fucking, you know, don't leave me alone for six months again. Joke's on her. It's not just a door. It's also a force field around a piano. Your move, missy. But she has a whole piano. That's way more useful than leaves. Uh, Which, yeah, probably. Was there not also another piano in the background on the left? Like, I swear to God, we opened up the vault and I saw a piano in the background and then there was a piano in the center. I'm like, how many does he, she need? <laughs> like, what you got dueling pianos. The doctor's got to go yeah. in and play and then they duel <laughs> yeah. each other. Yeah. Does he play guitar with her? That would be sick. Oh my I want God. that scene. What a band. Yeah. Oh. So we don't get that scene? Dang it. I didn't. I didn't bring this up last week um, or whenever it was. It might have been a couple weeks ago, but it was part of the fun facts that the last time we saw him play the guitar was the last time we're going oh, to see him play no. the guitar. What? Speaking of his guitar, we often see him using his Magpie Electrics app or amp. Yeah. And in this one, we get the Magpie Electricals uh, storefront. The TV place. All those people watching the doctor on TV. Yeah, I did notice that. Oh. All right. Does anyone have anything particularly important? I was going to talk about the um, transmitting monk. Like, I got the vibe of the alarm clock from that uh, Red Planet. Or not the Red Planet. That first episode with Clara. Uh, one with, like, the mummy alarm clock to wake up the planet like that was it seemed like an echo of it so then that kind of made me wonder if he was also a monk yeah the monks do just kind of look like them um but that's her second episode rings of oh, time. not to be a pedantic prick <laughs> we but i'm a pedantic prick too late uh, we got the best shot of the beginnings of the of the doctor's hair in the in the end of this one where it was all just really long and wild and like he was looking straight at the camera and it was just like this crazy almost afro like hairdo oh it was so good speaking of hair i liked the shout out when he called off like a random student walking by he's like you appalling hair <laughs> i was like yeah her hair looks like shit <laughs> it, it did look pretty bad he was kind of rude, though. It's just kind of mean. Yeah. What's the statue? I don't know. I thought they they built it for, like, a film or something. Yeah, or something. Beat it. <laughs> Useless human. Giving uh, me the exact answer I was looking for. The, the last note I had was um, Missy actually remembering the names of everyone that she's she's killed? Or yeah. Like, mm-hmm. so actually seeing change mm-hmm. with Missy was really impactful, I thought. You know what I'm getting ready for, though? And this episode kind of reflects that sort of writing is we're going to get we're going to get good Missy up into the finale. And then Missy's going to be good for a little bit. And it's going to be great. We're going to be like, she's finally changing. And it's all going to be a ruse. 
and I'm literally going to throw a boot through a window. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the Missy reveal to Bill was pretty underwhelming. I think that could have been a bigger deal. When the doctor said the last of, or the other last Time Lord, like it was just nothing on Bill's face. Yeah, Bill wouldn't have any context. She doesn't know who Missy is. Like, oh, there's another Time Lord. She's in a vault in the basement. Okay, cool. But she knows the Time Lords and that there are very few, like two. There's only two. (laughs) Or just that they've been like nursing this vault and she's like, well, duh. I don't know. I think it could have been a better reaction. I think she was underwhelmed because it wasn't like a giant leviathan behind this. Well, she does say that. something like you have a woman in a box. She, yeah, she kind of intimates that she's underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said, I thought you had a monster locked up in here. And the doctor says, I do. Yeah. And then, and then she says, you just have a, a woman in a box. Even I think that's creepy. <laughs> A banging monster. Yeah. I also just want to say that uh, Bill's hair and outfit at the end when they're at the broken statue was really beautiful. I'm really hoping that her next episode has that hairstyle because it was really fun to look at. Terry, I need you to stop objectifying Bill's hair. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's what I'm here for. (laughs) This is how we get away with objectifying women is by having Terry do it. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't really talked about it other than Cody right at the very beginning. Does anyone want to talk about kind of the solution and the. uh, You mean the anti solution? We had the the solution. Mom of it all. And it made sense. And they had the perfect opportunity to really make an impact, to create this huge emotional scene and a scenario for the doctor. And they're like, nah, Deus Ex Mama Machina. Think about your mom. Oh, history's saved. We're all good. You just check out some mom. Solve it with love. That's like the best thing, right? Fuck! Well, yeah, because, I mean, the whole deal was made with love, too. Like, there was no ulterior motive. So having this solution that's also made of love that doesn't have an ulterior motive would work with breaking the contract. What? Here's the problem. Hold up. And I'm glad you brought up Rings of Akaten because it's the same problem. In Rings of Akaten, Clara has a leaf from her dead mom. So it's like all the lives that were never lived. Like, it's impossible that nobody has ever given the god an item that belonged to a dead person. Because everybody dies. Everything that exists will eventually have belonged to a dead person. In this one, it's the same thing. She's created this memory of her mom that she never knew, so it's like a pure memory that can't be altered. That makes no fucking sense at all. It's not really... Everyone daydreams or, like, imagines a better life. So if anyone who's just like, oh, man, it'd be really cool if I had a mom and she wasn't an asshole, (laughs) like touched that dude's head, would they have saved the day? Yeah, it's not really based on love as much as it is an imagination. Here, take all of this stuff that doesn't exist and it's so powerful in my brain that you believe it. Also, the doctor with infinite memories not tied to the earth at all is overcome by this creature fabricating the worldly memories fuck you so i'm gonna i'm gonna dance on both (laughs) sides here i i i get that like what you just said kind of emphasizes how much she wanted and like loved her mom but i will also say that i really think they should have done that scene differently in that the doctor tries again but then bill comes in and like assists the doctor in some way like either putting her hand on his shoulder to like give him like support guardians of the galaxy yeah where like yeah. they all have to join right hands. infinitely better that would have Something... been way better and then the doctor would have um done uh was it rings of Akatan when he was like giving that dead that death star all of his shit like he would yeah. have bossed on it and then <laughs> mm-hmm. it would have been that's really also cool. the problem with rings of Akatan is the doctor does this amazing speech that should be the yeah. end but instead Clara has to come in on a moped and a leaf and solve it in a way that makes no fucking sense. Oh, that <laughs> like, scene. The doctor overwhelming the god with his vast experience makes sense. Yeah. And her defeating it with her leaf doesn't. 
and that's the same with this like the doctor being able to handle this fake news empire because of his goodness makes sense yeah. wait 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 back up back up say goodness again goodness good. <laughs> thank you say it the right way goodness i goodness but the other stupid part about that whole fix is that the doctor says good thing i gave you those images huh which really didn't need to have anything to do with it at all. <laughs> right. It's like, I saved the world. It's all because of me. Yeah, that was kind was of like, a bragging. <laughs> I wasn't being kind. I was saving the world. No. Verbatim. The, the ending was shit. That part was really bad. But Bill's acting of like just the stress and the like the emotional emoting that she was doing with her face yeah. and her body the was emotional really emoting good. put it on a t-shirt news alert pro mac is real good yeah. yeah that's uh i i like this idea uh maybe a new segment of the podcast if we all agree a certain part sucks how do we rewrite it and we'll just we'll just do that so i like our idea where the doctor would just be losing himself or losing the battle and then Pearl would come up and like hug him, and then that would bring him yeah, back. Throw Nardi in there yeah, too. Nardi too, and that would bring him back to his center, and then he would just destroy this this thing. Like I think that would have been really cool. And Nardi says something stupid about a group hug. Perfect. Yeah, yeah and we all chuckle and go home happy. <laughs> Instead, Cody's having a mental breakdown because <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, hates how, love how could they how could they no they i hate <laughs> the lack of commitment the fear of killing off characters or creating any sort of real drama that they set up they made this beautiful pedestal to just put that final trophy on there for everybody to see and then they took their incompetent dicks and smack the pedestal down oh, and then flicked me off as I drove away their fucking pinto. How would you have liked our ending, though? Uh, it's it's better. It's not good enough. But it's better. What? Not good enough. It's still solved with love, bro. So, going off of changes to the ending, I, re- I was going through it through my head, but what if, like, the doctor or one of those other guards just shot the transmitter one because they they killed one off in the hallway earlier which their lightning hands are super fun like watching that whole scene without any audio except for bill's voice was really interesting uh killing the transmitter uh would have saved bill for sure um but then my brain was like oh wait we wouldn't have fixed any of the history it all would have had to have died out after years of everyone just realizing oh the shit's wrong so my edit would not have worked <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the electric hands because one of my biggest problems with this story is that the monks are just the silence. They're exactly the same. Yes. They look like them. They attack like them. They insert memories into people and they, you know, take over the world through inserting themselves into history, even if it's just in memory form. And then even the way they're defeated is almost the same, where like the public surrounds one outside and like, oh, we're gonna they're gonna be driven out of the world by the angry public who has realized what's happened. It's exactly the same as the silence. Except for those like shield noodle things that they made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be yeah, they're also wearing robes instead of suits. Like I don't mean they're literally just the silence being <laughs> yeah. used again. But they're they're a little more technological than the silence were. Like the silence were biologically the way that they are, whereas these guys they control through technology and like yeah. signaling. Fine, whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I, I get you. <laughs> but so like my whole point is I w- I would really like to know what of this story what of the story was written by Toby Whithouse's like original idea and what was told to him to do by Stephen Moffat. Like, I don't know if like the whole idea was Moffat's and he's like, Oh, I want to do the story. It's these monks. They've infiltrated history by chain, by like fake newsing everyone's heads. And it's like, okay. I, and he goes and writes it. Or if Toby Whithouse had written a story about that and Moffat was like oh I'm gonna use these monks and the doctor being blind and make these three stories into a trilogy because if that's the case I mean I know that's kind of the case but I don't know how it pertains particularly to this story 
my big problem with this this story itself is that I kind of brought it up last week. This story should have been a standalone story. The what comes before it, both in this trilogy and in just in Doctor Who in general in this season, like makes the story worse. So like if this had just started with just a cold open, Earth thinks that these monks have been saving them and taking care of them for you know since the beginning of beginning of time and we get to see old doctor adventures but it was actually the monks that saved everybody and the doctor is doing these propaganda videos and we see everybody in jumpsuits and garbage littering the streets like that's a good story it doesn't need all those two stories that came before it to explain exactly what the monks are like they're scarier if we don't know what they are well said yeah if if this was just a cold open episode with nothing in front of it, that episode, like the beginning would have been super confusing, which would have been really effective. And, it already is. Right. But I mean, we we already know who the bad guys are and what they yeah. did. Whereas yeah. learning that in this episode standalone would have been really cool too. Yeah. It would have made the reveal of the doctor more important and more interesting. It would have made Bill's journey to like discover or to fight the memories more interesting instead of just believing that she's going to do it. Also the, the end scene, the, uh, the conclusion of her using her mom, there's no way Toby Whithouse had that as the conclusion that has to be Moffat being like, Oh, I put in this scene where like the doctor takes all these pictures of his mom or of her mom. So can we just make it that? Cause that like Cody's, flipping out about ruins the episode with that dumpster ending and so that's why i say this episode's not just ruined by the trilogy but by the rest of the season having to be a part of it and not just letting it be a story by itself i think the the really the only thing other than this episode that's good about the trilogy is the missy reveal which could have been a standalone episode yeah or you could have put it in any of the episodes true it would have I would have liked it to have it be more of a story. Yeah. Well, that's another thing too. This is a 43 44 minute episode. It could have really used 5 more minutes and given us more of Bill's journey creating the world that they live in a little more before Nardal just immediately shows up. Like Bill doesn't even go outside. She's just in her apartment. Is this a and then, hashtag make it a one-parter? Hashtag make it 50 minutes. <laughs> I I think it would be a really cool standalone, but the idea that Bill is the linchpin holding them here doesn't stand up to a standalone episode. It would have to be a two-parter of them, of her making them here to make that linchpin purpose be here. They could definitely have knocked it down to a two for sure. Yeah, Terry, I, I get what you're saying, but I also think they could have reworked it and just not had the linchpin thing and just had that dude sitting in the chair, the quote-unquote linchpin. Like, if they just defeat that, then they win. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. All right. Okay. Are y'all ready for tweets? Yes. Tweets. I do like the part where they <laughs> walk into the monk guy and they're like, fake news central. That made me giggle. <laughs> That is good. Yeah, second Trump reference in the season. Tweety, tweet, 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 I ask our Twitter followers if they want to uh, give us their thoughts on every episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Married to Who Pod. This comes from Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie, who says, As with Pyramid, this is one of the weaker stories of this series, but I still like it a lot. Who rarely does dystopias to this extent? I love the setup, and whenever the show tries to convince us that the Doctor is complicit, it's not usually done as cleverly as this, even if it is so obvious. And Capaldi plays those moments so well. He does a creepy look incredibly well, and it's nice to see him as a spin doctor again. Someone must have seen that pun before, surely. Bill's reliance on the memory of her mother is wonderful. No, it's not. The scenes of their conversations (laughs) are lovely to see. Yes, they are. I didn't get to mention this, but I do love her using her conversations with her mom, which have been established before, 
as like the narration of the story because it, it gives like a really clever way of info dumping extremely yeah. cool 100 percent agree with that yeah uh the scene of the doctor testing bill while very obvious was done very well showing bill's intelligence and what she's learned from the doctor and his speech about free will is great especially as it is so relevant and just for the comedy of it bill saying she's gonna beat the shit out of nardal is great uh, the infiltration scene is tense, and I always love any time that Nardal gets to be more actiony. Uh, the scene with scene with Missy is great. Love the interplay between her and Twelve; it's incredible. And there's a sense of playfulness for her, regardless of what she's saying. The so caliente line and volcano are incredible. <laughs> and I like the Doctor being confronted with the idea that his morality isn't necessarily the only way of being good. And her final scene is played so well, emotional, and yet we're still unsure if it's genuine or not. The resolution of the story, however, is a little weak. There's only so many times the world can be saved with the power of love, though it does still manage to be effective. And the last scene between Bill and the Doctor is amazing and really lovely, perfectly illustrating how Who shows the importance that each person has. I know Jake's opinion already, but you got a couple of good episodes next and then excellent after that. So very excited for what you all think. Ollie nailed it. <laughs> that that ending portion where it got weaker and where it just about had it with things being solved by love. I'm on board, Ollie, 100%. <laughs> well, there's one other thing I was going to say that I didn't get a chance to um, about the end. Like if... If it if your goal is like well it's a children's story so we want to show them about like imagination and love and you know your lo- your loved ones who are lost not really being gone as long as you remember them which is something that happens in Doctor Who all the time uh, if that's the goal great but they didn't do that like they didn't explain how it was like Bill holding on to the memory of her lost loved ones that saved the day they just have a really dumb resolution they're like well let's get the fuck out of here uh nick of forest focus at jury of one says a good writer but really dropped the ball here on an unsatisfying conclusion to a lame trilogy the only conclusion of this disaster is that it isn't withouse's last contribution to capaldi's era (laughs) (laughs) oh the only consolation okay um yeah another thing i was gonna say is I think this episode's also let down by the fact that it's the conclusion to a trilogy and kind of a quadrilogy if you think of Oxygen being like the beginning of it. And it's it's a letdown in the sense that it doesn't give a satisfying ending to that, but I think as a story by itself, it would have been like, it, it would have been great, but we have like our hopes so built up because it's the end of this quadrilogy we've been watching and it's just like a wet fart. <laughs> oh but that's perfect that. wow. the hell yeah <laughs> it's just yeah no good i thought i was being a huge like after you guys were like yeah it was a great episode and the ending was fun and whoo i thought i was <laughs> uh gonna get shot i started by saying i really like this episode <laughs> it's just yeah the season around it has let it down nah, yeah but you're always wrong about the episode yeah alex is usually sometimes right i literally like anything i watch so it's it's true he's a happy dude chris at this emo trash says clearly someone read 1984 and thought what if this had a happy ending and then wrote this episode (laughs) yeah that's amazing it it had some 1984 some v for vendetta like vibes to it to use the rating oh chris goes on to use the rating system of neither the time nor the space this is very much a bad episode with good bits the whole 1984 style dystopian society is reminiscent of when the master took over the world in series three. Oh yeah but the ads but the atmosphere has done a whole lot better the scenes with the doctor on the ship is amazing you really start to believe that just maybe he's turned to the monk's side and bill has a justifiable annoyance with nardal some people think that the fake regeneration was too much but it is a nice surprise as like a holy shit is this really happening moment the rest of the episode, though, is just meh. I like the use of Missy and how even though she's genuinely trying to help, it's in her own way and against the Doctor's moral code. The storming the pyramid feels both rushed and slow at the same time. I think they put a focus on the wrong things and the pacing doesn't feel right. They really do love using the power of love as a way to beat their enemies, don't they? I do like the Monk Trilogy overall, or Quadrilogy if you count Oxygen as a precursor, which I do. 
but this one <laughs> does let it down quite a bit. That was him, not me. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> I'm not confident with the next couple of episodes, but that's the risk you have to take with this show sometimes. Oh, man. that That's a mixed review, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's about on par. Yeah. I, well, I don't think I was so much on the level of bad with good bits. I think it was good with bad bits. Just a little bit more bad bits. And, and the bad bits were crucial to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Can it be meh with good bits? Is that a thing? Yeah, it can be. Alex, give me that fun fact theme song. I forgot what. What would you say? Fun, fun facts? facts? Fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already burned the one fun fact I had. So I do like to look at all the actors and see if they've been in Doctor Who before. John Davey, who we've talked about loads of times as he's been in 49 episodes of Doctor Who at this point as various monsters, got to actually show his face in this one. He was a member of the Memory Police. He was also UN Trooper in Extremis, so that's two in a row for him getting to show his real face. Nice. Well done. Welcome to the big leagues, bud. Yeah, good job, buddy. Yeah, good job. Good. Good job. What are you going Alex, for? that MVP thing, I, I don't know. Oh, that's the only fact? Yeah. I said facts. <laughs> well, he burned well, one earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The tiredest uh, one. Jake's okay. fun facts are as disappointing as the ending of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> MVP. Who's your MVP, Alex? I, I'm giving it to Pearl Mackey. Like that scene in the ship was just so good, and she had her monologue. I dug it. Pearl Mackey. Jill. Michelle fucking Gomez. Ayo. Yeah. Also, runner-up is Peter Capaldi's facial expressions. Just his eyebrows. <laughs> Cody? Pro Mackie. Sam? I give it to both the ladies. They were both so good. <laughs> Pick? Uh, mm, Pro Mackie. Terry? I'm giving mine to the costume designer, Haley Nibauer. Um, I posted her renderings of the monks in the Discord, uh, but her idea and her take on the dystopian um uh rundown world and then the contrast of everything it was just uh, again just beautiful to watch i agree it's good shit i don't think any of our listeners will be surprised by terry's mvp if you've been listening i, I think i've chosen her last week as well but i just <laughs> love the monks they're beautiful to look at beautiful Sorry, their clothing is beautiful to look at. (laughs) (laughs) They're a little desiccated. Uh, My MVP is Toby Whithouse. I don't blame him for the ending. I blame Moffat. And I don't blame him for what precursed it. I blame Moffat. I really feel that. This story by itself and what it should have been is actually really good. I love the idea. And I, I just like Toby Whithouse as a writer. And I think he was... Uh, had something really amazing taken away from him here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. yep, I agree. It is now time for everybody's favorite podcast game, the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game. In this game, I will ask each of these bastards a question from Triv- Doctor <laughs> Who Trivial Pursuit. They each get a chance to go first. If they get it wrong, the next person goes but gets four multiple choice options. If they get it wrong, the next person gets to choose from the remaining three, etc., the order is random, and it is as follows. Jill, Cody, Alex, Terry, Sam. And four of these five questions, the multiple choice is decided by the cards. For some reason, we got a card that has just a ton of already its own multiple choice. Ooh. Mm. Jill, it is your turn to go first. Are you ready? Mm, as ready as I'll ever be, I guess. William Shakespeare died in 1616. But which of his plays did the Carrionites embed words into to open a portal and release their evil sisters? Why is there a but in that question? Don't worry about it. Macbeth. Cody. Mm-hmm. Your multiple choice, which are on the card, are 
Love's Labors One, A Midsummer's Nightmare, Eleventh Night, Macduff. A Midsummer's Nightmare? Alex. Yo. Uh give me give me the multiple choice again. <laughs> Love's Labors One, A Midsummer's Nightmare, Eleventh Night, Macduff. I'm gonna go with Eleventh Night. Terry, you know this. Fuck. Uh, well, you threw me off by having them all incorrectly titled. Uh, but I'm going to go with Macduff. Sam? Can you uh, repeat those? I sure can. <laughs> is it Love's Labors 1? Yes, it is. A- okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sam has one point. Cody, is your turn to go first. Which monster masqueraded as a human called Victor Kennedy? Go on. <laughs> more, more hints, please. That's the whole question. Which monster as Victor Kennedy? Uh, the Great Intelligence. God damn it, Jake. At least tell me right away that I'm wrong so I don't have to come to the conclusion myself that you're creating the multiple choice question. <laughs> uh, what'd you say? You son of a bitch. <laughs> I said the great intelligence. Oh, that's a pretty good. Uh, what is his name? Dr. Simeon is the great intelligence. Oh, so who's this guy? Alex, your multiple choice are Morbius, the Absorbaloff, the Beast, or Fenric. I'm going to go Absorbaloff. That's correct, because all those other monsters are from Classic Who. Mm. Oh, I thought the Beast was the uh, was the one in the the hotel. Oh, that one was the oh. Beast. Sounds super familiar. That's, that's the Minotaur. The oh, Minotaur. right. So okay. then the Zorbaloth, That's the one that had the faces on the body because he was so fat, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember him being like a businessman like type deal, skeezy business Victor yeah. guy. Alex has one. Sam has one. Alex, it is your turn to go first. Are you ready? Yes. What does Lorna Bucket of the Gamma Forest tell the Eleventh Doctor that the word doctor means in her people's language? Hype question. That is a hype question. That's a good one. I like that question. Okay, I know the episode. I can see the scene. Say the question again. What does Lorna Bucket of the Gamma Forest tell the Eleventh Doctor that the word doctor means in her people's language? Fuck. It's like warrior. Ooh. That sounds right. We will accept warrior. Oh, no, I won't. I want to go. (laughs) It's it's great warrior. Oh, that's That's good. Good Wrong. Wrong. Next. Alex Ooh. has two. Sam has one. Terry, it is your turn to go first. Are you ready? I am good. What was the name <laughs> of the teenage mechanic aboard the Brixton-bound bus that took the doctor to San Helios? Okay. What a question. <laughs> Not <laughs> hype. <Terry>. Unhype. Negative <laughs> hype. So pick a random this is name. From, this is from Planet of the Dead, the one and only Easter special. Right. Oh, God. Derek. <laughs> Sam. Is it Midland, Barclay, Abby, or Lloyd? Barclay. That's correct. As wow. soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, that's it. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Weird. No. Sam has two. Alex has two. Sam, this is your chance to win the game. Mm. Oof. Mm, big oof. No pressure. (laughs) Maximum pressure. (laughs) (laughs) What colloquial name for chaos is derived from the Bethlehem Royal Hospital, which the 10th Doctor and Martha visited with William Shakespeare in the 1500s? What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the Doctor and Martha and Shakespeare went to a hospital to visit somebody. It was a mental hospital. The hospital's name is a colloquial term for chaos that comes from the name of this hospital. 
Uh, I'm going to pass that multiple choice on and. <laughs> okay, Jill. Is it turmoil, bedlam, mayhem, tumult? Mayhem. Mm-mm. Cody. Mm, bedlam. It is bedlam. Cody gets himself on the board, but we have a tiebreaker. Oh, no. Between Sam and Alex. Get him. No, it's Alex. No, you get him. This is going to be weird, too, because Jake could edit it however way he wants. (laughs) (laughs) I did beat Alex one time, and it was what the TARDIS stood for, and that's the highlight of my life, so. Hey, if if you got anybody to beat, it's Alex. Yeah. He's the he's the top I'm of the gonna, mountain. He's the tippy top. It's gonna be one of those like, what decade was this in? Yeah, we just go 30, 40, 50, 60. Yeah, yeah, skip those questions forever, please. Thanks. Yeah, don't do those. Those are good tiebreaker questions because they're dumb questions to have at normal times. No, just burn those cards. I have a tiebreaker question loaded into Discord. I'm going to hit enter. Oh shit. First person to answer correctly is the winner. You can have as many guesses as you want. Are you ready? Here we go. Yep. Four? Oh, eight. Ten. Six? Sam is the winner. Yay! Oh, fuck. <laughs> eight limbs and two hands. The Rackdoss has ten. Oh, so I, last week I realized that after we did the tiebreaker, I didn't actually say the question yeah, uh... for the listener. <laughs> So the question was, how many limbs did the Rachnos have? Alex decided to start with six? No, that was me. Oh. <laughs> Mine was six. Oh, you started with six? Because then I said six. six after that. But <laughs> it is ten. How, was that in the episode at all? Like how do, No, like, you just well, had by to physically count them. looking at the Rachnos. So people pause it and just like count, be like, okay, let's see how many limbs they have. Well, no, it was a spider lady, right? But it was yeah, also it a lady had eight legs and two with arms. The two arms, yeah. Oh yeah. My brain was oh, like, oh, this is kind of a deductive deal. I thought they would have I thought they would have done the the whole like uh what's that villain in Spider Man? Octo or Doc uh, Ock? Dr. Ock. Because he has four, he has four mechanical arms, but then plus his other two human limbs, then he's he's an octopus. <laughs> this has been Married to Who's episode on whatever this is called, The Lie of the Land. If you want to participate with us in the future, you can do so. Married to Who pod on Twitter at Married to Who on Instagram. Or you can email us, marriedwhoogmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast in any other way than you are, you can do so at Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or on our website, marriedwho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, and these nerds, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for The Empress of Mars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>